Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello friends and welcome to your midweek edition of the Kings of Anglia. Ipswich Town podcast, the international break edition, I'm calling it. I'm your host, Mark Heath. I'm back from my holes. I'm slightly tanned, even though it was actually considerably warmer in the UK than where I was. I'll just gloss over that. And with me, my three best friends, Stewie Watson, the boy Rossi, and the even younger boy, AJ, slash Guy Fawkes, slash, who's the other one? The Musketeer. Yeah. Gogtanian. I know, that was, that was, that's the, that's the cartoon. D'Artagnan. <laughs> <laughs> friends, how are we all? Stewie, how are you? Dog Tanyan, that's a blast from the past. The three musker hounds, you must remember that. Yeah, what of course I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love that. Um, I'm good. I'm good. How was your How was your holiday? It was good, mate. Yeah. Uh, as I say, it, it it was. I think it was warmer here. It was over 30 degrees here, wasn't it? We only got up to about 25, 26 in Portugal. But obviously, had I been here, I would have been working. Whereas in Portugal, I was lying on a sunbed, drinking superbock and eating um, pastel de nata, which I'm now mildly addicted to. The lovely custard tarts you can get in Portugal. Beautiful things. Uh, yeah, but obviously I missed you boys. I listened, as I promised I would, to both podcasts from the from the terrace of my three-floor apartment in Portugal. Um, very much enjoyed it. I particularly enjoyed the Deadline Day pod. Grown-up, thoughtful analysis, I thought, boys. Um, but I think my favourite bit of both shows was when Ross, and I can't remember the context of this, referred to himself as a competent young man. What was all that about, Rossi? Uh, I don't know. I maybe I just had a bit of confidence that day where I felt, yeah, I could do this. I mean, that's uh, like the literally kind of the, the the kind of least boastful brag one could have about oneself <laughs> that I'm competent and I'm young. Uh, I mean, you could have gone all sorts of directions with that. You know, I'm, I'm the dawn of game day. I'm the prospect. I'm the man with the best beard on this show. Yeah, I let people nickname me. I just say, you know. I'm a polite thought, young man sometimes, you know. I thought it was utterly charming, my friend. A competent <laughs> young go. man, I'd agree with that. Uh, you're edging towards, obviously, getting out of your own definition of young now. And yeah. the man, of course, who is very much the youngest, uh, sporting a slightly trimmed version of the Musketeer. But I don't know if it's got anything mm. to do with me pointing out his similarity to Guy <laughs> Hawks. Guy Fawkes. Uh, Alex Jones, how are you? Uh, yet to blow up Parliament. No, it, it wasn't necessarily. I thought, you know, maybe the international break brings a, a time for change. Because I know that when we did our meeting on, on Monday, the first thing you said is this less Guy Fawkes, more more model. And I was like, blimey, okay, wow. That's it's definitely got it's definitely got more model vibes. I um, mean, before you whack on mm-hmm. one of them flamboyant hats, you were you were you were kind of sixteenth century Parliament plotting terrorist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I need to get that back. Yeah. <laughs> needs to grow more, back now. Now you're more just sort of suave. I like mm-hmm. it. Yeah, um, I, I've gone with the um, the Manscaped kits and I had a little play around and, and that's what we've ended up with. Excellent. And obviously use code KOA to get 20% off on all Manscaped goods there, AJ. Uh, and also shout out Ross to our other sponsor, Ginger Pickle. Isn't that right? Correct. Marketing, Excellent. CEO and all that jazz. No, SEO. SEO. What does <laughs> it Sorry, Tony. Sorry, Tony. Deary, dearie me. Anyway, um, we're all in, in, in kind of half-term vibes, I feel. 
Uh, we'll get on to the football in due course. But um, in, in terms of things that have happened since we last spoke, or indeed since you last spoke, Town have made another signing, boys. On Friday, I saw at 5pm, um, they announced Axel Tuenzebi, uh, which is a great, excellent, fun name to say. Um, and before we start talking about this, I know you talked about him quite a lot on the Deadline Day pod, but clearly now he's a town player. We have to have a bit more of a chat. My favourite thing about him is that he's a former world record holder for Hungry Hippos which is one of my favourite childhood games. An incredibly violent, um, kind of brutal game where you essentially just smash fuck out of the, the little button with the hippo until all the marbles are gone. And AJ, from your profile, I learned that he's the, he was once the best in the world at that. Yeah, not anymore, I don't think, unfortunately. I had this one brought up in, in the replies to that piece. I think he's since been pipped to it. But it came mm. on a um, an international tour with... Um, Man United that they did to LA and the Guinness World Records team came out, put a load of challenges out there just for them to have a go at. Probably a nice bit of uh, content uh, for the media team to film over there. Probably didn't expect Axel Twanzebe to then go wipe the floor and become the first, or at least the fastest person to ever clear a single board by himself. On his own. So he's obviously going with a a double-handed technique, I'm assuming, Mm because there's four hippos, aren't there? So he's going... Diagonally, I don't know. I'd like to see the video. Yeah, so is, is Hungry Hippo still a thing for kids? Is that still a game that, that Aya has played? Uh, it's one of the few we haven't got actually. We did have a bit of a board game, which was probably about yeah, sort of three through to five. We've we've managed to get most of the old collection back together. Pop up pirate, there yeah. are variations on, on the old ones, mouse trap, operation, uh, operation, a version of yeah, um, but yeah. Hungry hippos. I, you were kind of moving your hands around there. I think I'd go with two sort of straight arms. Okay. And just laterally like this. Oh, nice. Lock him out. Him I see. Yeah. yeah. So essentially make your shoulders the pivot. I think so. I'd like to give it a go. Like um, an Eminem concert in 8 Mile, like that. <laughs> exactly <Bouncing>. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was banned in our household because it got so dang- it got so uh, so violent between me and my sister, Hungry Hippos. That's an aside. Um, Shall we talk about Tuan Zabi as a player? Uh, Stu, what, what, what do you make of this signing? Because looking at his, his, his profile, his background, uh, he's played in the Champions League, not only played, impressed in the Champions League, uh, and now he's, a, he's an Ipswich Town player, part of the revolution Ipswich Town. What do you make of it? I think Alex summed it up really well in one of the pieces he wrote last week in, in that it's high risk but potentially high reward, um, like some of the other players that Ipswich have managed to get in, in recent times. There's a reason they've been able to get a player off that pedigree is because of the injury question mark over his head. Um, I think Carl Fuller pointed it out in his column this week for us that the same was true of Massimo Luongo when he arrived, of Nathan Broadhead when he arrived. Good player if you can keep him fit. Well, touch wood thus far, Ipswich have been able to do that with those players and if they can do that with Axel, um, there's no doubting that they've they've signed a really good player judged on on his mm. CV. He's captained Manchester United, okay, in a League Cup game at the age of 19. Um, he's played multiple Champions League games, including um, marking Mbappe out of the game mm. against PSG. Uh, and, yeah, mul- multiple Premier League games as well. So, yeah. Um, Bit of a strange old time the last couple of years. Obviously, let's talk about this. I think it's a back injury that's kind of held held him back the last year or so. But um, talks really well. Looks like a real leader. Everything, the deep dive that Alex did into his career, he's, he's, he looks like he's sort of captain material. So I think he's going to add 
both on and off the pitch, hopefully, for Ipswich. Mm. Rossi, where, where do you see him fitting in the, in the shuffle? Obviously, we know that they've got an established um, centre-half pairing in Burgess and, uh, and Wolfie. Um, so Twins, you'd imagine, isn't going to come in and look to be starting straight away. But if, if there was a depth chart, does he slot in just below those top two, do you reckon? He's got to prove his fitness, of course, first of all. Um, mm. But he's versatile, boys. He can play left-back, right-back if needed. Um, ideally, he wants to play probably centre-back is where yeah. he wants to play. Um, but, you know, McKenna loves that, then he? he? loves versatility. So um, he's a player that just fill those positions if needed. Um, but, yeah, if someone has a mistake or has a, um, an injury, sadly, or suspension, then he can maybe fit in. But, I mean, he's a proven fitness, first of all. And um, my one takeaway is about him. I'm going to bring up the picture of him signing. He has got very big hands and arms. It, 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 of course, for audio listeners, you'll, see, you'll know the yeah. video uh, photo. But, yeah, he's got very big hands. They're goalkeeper's hands, aren't they? Yeah. 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 That almost looks like that's been doctored in some way. Like the, the yeah, the, those are freakishly long fingers. Is that a trick of the camera? Is that yeah. kind of perspective <laughs> or something? But yeah, maybe. But lovely smile, lovely smile. There we go. Then that's the analysis you come for. Lovely smile, big hands, great at hungry hippos. AJ, where do you see him? Where do you see him fitting in? <laughs> um, like Ross, I think he he needs to prove his point. Not Ross's previous point, but Ross previous point, prove his worth. Um, and, and proved that he can step in because there's no reason why uh, Wolfenden and Berger shouldn't be the starting two at the moment. So I think he'll get the, the game time that he needs because, yeah, there'll be injuries and suspensions also, as I've said mm. quite a lot. When you have these midweek games, you've got to have players that, that fit in uh, and come in and out. And there's going to be a lot of those going into kind of the September, October run if he can get up to speed there. Um, Quality-wise, it's just about getting him there. There's a reason why... You know, a team like Villa, who were punching well, you know, massively in terms of budget, but in the championship, we're, we're looking to bring him in. And then they did the same when they got to the Premier League. They went in from three times in total. Um, there's a reason why Napoli, albeit they didn't work out, went to go and bring him in. And again, it's the side of it that doesn't work out is the injury side. But there is a reason why these big teams have wanted him and have gone to, to try and bring him in. And there's mm. a reason why Luton had him on trial and why Sheffield United tried to sign him and probably why Real Betis tried to throw a spanner in the works for Town late on. That There is a reason behind all of it. And then that is the caveat, of course, that if they can keep him fit, they've got what looks like a Premier League quality centre-back comfortably. Mm. It's just mm. about doing that now. And that's probably maybe what has made it hard for him in terms of looking at a move to, to a Luton, to a Sheffield United, to to one of the bigger clubs. And that's where, where town can capitalise. And of course, the McKenna links will help with that. Mm. A word on what it means for your man, Elkan Baggett as well, AJ, the guy you've been consistently impressed with. Obviously talked about him going out on loan. He's, he's still mm -hmm. with the club after after the uh, the window slammed shut. Um, where, where do you see him? I mean, in terms of his development now, obviously there's another man you'd imagine ahead of him. Um, so what do you think it means for him and, and, and his kind of future at town going forward? It's really tough for him, I think, now because there is quite a bit of depth there. I mean, obviously, Twinsabu will need to get up to speed. Yeah. And based on what we've seen in pre-season and also probably from the Carabao Cup games, I would have Baggett ahead of Edmondson in the pecking order yeah. if it was me. Um, and it's probably a case of reassessing in January. But what they want to do with Edmondson and Baggett as the two, really, that, that are kind of on the fringes of that needing to play. Edmondson needs to 
just finds his feet a little bit more and he's not going to get that unless he's playing regularly because he's come back from a nasty injury and looks really shaky and he needs to iron that out. In terms of Bagger, he needs to just play regular football. I think the Blackpool move that was kind of hinted at, I think a few people said it was a done deal that we, we kind of knew wasn't, that would have been a really good move for him. And there are definite clubs in League One that I think can get the best out of him if he can come in and play 40 plus games. Now that's not going to happen at the moment. So it is a case now of reassessing, but there's little that I guess can be done until that January window opens and, and they can try and get him somewhere to play regular games. Cause that for me has to be the priority. I don't think he's necessarily going to be a player that's going to be knocking the door down to get in over mm. the starting two or probably over to Antepe at the moment. Mm. Any thoughts on that, Stuart? The Baggett thing? So he's getting, he's getting good experience in terms of international. He's going out and, and traveling around the world as a young man playing international football. He has shown signs that he can be competent, certainly, as Ross would say, at this level. Um, well, where do you see his kind of development? Because obviously there's always this, this argument, like there was with Cameron Humphreys, about should he go out on loan and get regular game time? Is it better to keep him in the group and training with kind of top, better players? Where, where do you stand on the argument? In terms of the overall pecking order of the centre-halves now, mm. uh, we're talking about, well, Twanzebi hasn't been signed to be a, a squad filler. No. The player of his experience that we've just kind of outlined at the start of this. He's mm. come here to to start. He's probably had to think long and hard about whether he wants to sign for a championship club with the the options that were on the table for him. So I think he's one that's been signed with a starting spot in mind. He might have to be patient. Obviously, they're going to have to... Ken has talked about sort of slowly bringing him up to speed and there's obviously no nothing wildly broken. I know Ipswich have been conceding a few goals of, of late, but, you know, Burgess and Wolfenden have been a been a good partnership in, in general. But I think yeah. Axel will there'll come a point where he gets in and stays in, a bit like Luongo did and others did back in January. Um, then when you drop down to sort of the, the lower end of the pecking order, it's, it's George Edmondson you do have to worry about a little bit mm. here because it's trending a certain way for him. Um, he's probably one of if not the only player thinking off the top of my head that that's probably gone backwards since Kieran McKenna's come in talked about Kieran improving everybody he's inherited individually and as a team um obviously it's not helped with that ankle injury that George has um suffered but he looked so good in the early stages un- under Paul Cook looked like you know we we're talking about him being a how on earth of of Ipswich got him at league 1 level but for whatever reason hasn't always looked comfortable on the left side of uh, the two centre-halves when he's played in that position. The injuries set him back. Obviously, you know, then the, the mistake in the cup the other night, you just get a feeling sometimes that it's going a certain way. So I, I don't know how this unfolds now for George Edmondson going forwards. Elkin Bagger, I think, was, you know, he needs to go out on loan mm. um, is the next step. And I think that would have happened on deadline day had Ipswich got a, a centre-half in the building, but they just wanted to take a breather assess where Twanzebi was at um, fitness-wise and everything. They've obviously felt that various boxes have been ticked over the last week. So um, I would imagine Elkham will, will go out on loan as soon as, as January rolls around. Okay, watch this space. Before we move on to the next football-related thing, Ross, it was remiss of me not to ask, actually, <clears throat> in our first bit of banter, any update on the old uh, matrimony, the old uh, matrimonials, the old engagement, the old wedding date, all that kind of stuff? Uh, to be confirmed, uh, but I have, um, we have got a new ring for Sasha oh. because the previous ring was more just as a, 
what's the word? Sentimental. Sentimental, it? yeah, sentimental because yeah. it was my my nan and granddad's ring. Um, and she uh, wanted course, it back. <laughs> maybe yeah um, but no also it didn't fit Sasha's so of course yeah. um you know and I didn't yeah I know you can you know change the size of the ring but I actually wanted just to get another one for her so um yeah. that's uh currently on its way so, so is uh, it like a, is it like a rock the size of your fist that she'll be wearing on a on a finger now no uh <laughs> thankfully Sasha's not you know bling 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 she's yeah. um she, she's uh she's very much into like her Stones are like it means like August and stuff because she's born birth in August. Stones. Yeah, 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 birth stones, yeah. stones and stuff. So she's got she's got one of those. So What's her birthstone? Uh, Don't say green. It is green, isn't it? Well, yeah, but what's the stone called? It's not just green. <laughs> no idea, mate. We'll look. We'll look that up. Anyway, she's got a nice. She's got a nice engagement ring with the with her birthstone in. Uh, yes, on its way. Excellent. Uh, have you had any chats around dates? Uh, yes and no, really. I think you know, don't rush into these things. You know, don't rush into these things. Mark, basically, Mark doesn't get out much, and he's he's looking yeah. forward to, uh, <laughs> to to having a little night out. So if you uh, could hurry up for Mark's exactly. sake, Ross, just, that'd be we just great. do the stag now, Ross, and then you can yeah. do another one. Yeah, I mean, I'm being very pres- presumptuous there that I'm going to get invited to the stag, but uh, there we go. Maybe we should go back to Manchester. You just had a good time there. Um, right then, let's get back to the football. AJ, international break is what we're on at the moment. Town have had players in international action. And I guess the headline from all that action is, unfortunately, you go into these things fearing injuries. And unfortunately, we have an injury. Um, do you want to bring us up to speed on that? Yeah, Wales boss Rob Page did not want the South Korea game. He has been very vocal on this, saying he didn't think it was good to be scheduled then. He didn't think it was good to be scheduled ahead of what they had as an important Euro qualifier against Latvia, which was played on Monday um, because of the risk of injuries. And he wanted to put out a, a strong side and it was a little bit mix and match with different players. Nathan Broad had started that one. West Burns came off the bench for half an hour, uh, got played at left wing back, a little bit out of position, uh, but put in some really good crosses. All looked fine. And then a tweet got put out saying that he'd been... Uh, sent home due to an injury, which was later confirmed as a hamstring injury. Him and Wayne Hennessy both ending up uh, going back to their clubs. So it is a really concerning one. It's what you always have when, I mean, especially with seven players that went out in total mm. across these two weeks, you know that there is a chance that across, when, when they're playing two games across the, the weeks, usually, uh, especially in Burns's case, that they, they have the risk of, of pulling up and that's probably really what town feared the most um so they've got him back to assess him and see where he is obviously hamstring injuries aren't usually great if there's any kind of real lasting damage i assume you're really looking at a few weeks to a couple of months and for a player like wes burns who i think maybe needed to find his feet a little bit in some of the games was starting to exploit some really good areas against good teams and maybe just needed to to sharpen up his finishing it's a real blow if he's going to be out for a period of time. Mm. Yeah, it worries me. Hamstring injuries, obviously, bad things anyway, but particularly players who rely on pace. Mm. Hamstring injuries are a worry because they're constantly putting those hamstrings under significant strain when they're sprinting at speed. Um, so, have you got any takeaways from the international break apart from Wes Burns? Obviously, we'll get an update on, on Wes tomorrow, hopefully, when you speak to Kieran. Um, Cameron Burgess, great for the lad. I mean, how far has he come from getting mugged off on TV against Barrow to, to playing for Australia in front of 50,000 people at Cowboys Stadium. That's quite the turnaround, isn't it? Yeah, probably the most uh, remarkable 
strides in terms of progress made, I would say, Cameron Burgess over the last 18 months. We talked about him, I can say it now, because because of where he's at. We talked about him looking a bit cart horsey at times, mm. but really vulnerable if you got him caught high up the pitch and on the turn, he was in, in trouble, um, but is now looking like a player that came through at Fulham and played in midfield and has got some attributes on the ball, doesn't always come off for him, still sends the odd long ball forwards in, into touch. But in general, he's, he's got better on the ball. I think his left-sided balance really helps the team. Um, obviously strong in the air. Uh, so really, really proud moment for him, I'm sure, making his international debut equally for Sam Morsi. I know it was only a, a couple of cameos for Egypt in the end, but he, for him to be back in the squad and featuring for Egypt, and I know that, that will mean a lot to him as well. So... Um, as Kieran McKenna has, has said, as much as this is a, a bit of an inconvenience and it could become a, a minor inconvenience, could become a major one come January, February with, with AFCON and the Asia Cup. Um, but it's, it's it's a marker of where it's at. If they want to progress, if they want to be um, back towards the top end of, of English football, then these are the things that you have, you have to put up with, as, uh, as the manager has said. So... Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's nice, isn't it? Having a bit more to keep an eye on um, over, over an international weekend. Gives us stuff to do as well, doesn't it? It's great. Uh, I don't know if you saw any of the highlights of the Australia-Mexico game, but Burgess and Suter together looked like men against boys. They were so much bigger than the uh, the Mexican players. It was almost comical. And the next game, Ross, that Cameron Burgess might be involved in, he's only at bloody Wembley against England. Yeah, that is... Uh... A nice little homecoming for Karen Burgess, you know. Yeah. I'm sure like a lot of the players who want to play at Wembley, you know, the home of English football. Um, and yeah, we, we fancy a little trip, don't we? We have fancy a little trip down I there. Think, I think it, there's, there's maybe cause to, to go and cover that game uh, yeah. if we've got a player potentially starting for Australia. Um, and who doesn't Massimo want to as well. That? Could Massimo Longa get in? Exactly. In, well, in, yeah, maybe. Yeah. And who doesn't want to cover an England game at Wembley in their career? Uh, AJ, I know you're going to be there anyway. Um, so, so... We'll discuss in a post-production meeting, maybe, uh, how we can man that game. But certainly uh, an exciting one for us, but probably slightly more exciting for Cameron Burgess to be playing at Wembley. Uh, Rossi, I'll, it's per- I'll, do the, uh, I'll do the games in Sydney. And <laughs> OK, like fair enough. Yeah, we can do that. No problem at all, mate. No problem at all. Private jet fund that. Um, Rossi, it's Perido, by the way. I've just looked it up. Okay. I believe that's how it's pronounced, Perido. Yes, August, that, that sounds familiar. That sounds familiar. August birthstone. We've now got an issue, Rossi, uh, which I want you to solve for me because we're about to do mailbag, which we haven't done for a while. Hmm. Um, and formerly, back in the day when we used to do this, we had a theme tune sung by a man no longer with us, still alive, just in Ipswich Town. <laughs> that wasn't breaking news. Andy Warren, uh, who had the famous mailbag jingle. Now, Ross, you're the most musical of this bunch. Uh... What do you think we should do as a as a mailbag a mailbag jingle? We had been leaving uh, it quiet in his honour, but now he's been gone a few months. Yeah, frankly. we're past that. Frankly, he's dead to us now. <laughs> um, I think we need something new, don't you? Yeah, or well, maybe we should do a poll on Twitter, maybe, and sort of say weasel his way out of it. He's weaseling his way out of it. Pretty much. Uh, Prove your competence. Yeah, young-ish man. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe it should I mean, go you down. Are, to you AJ. are stretching. You are stretching that definition of young. I think now it's twenty seven. Yeah, twenty seven. Yeah. I'm yeah. Getting closer to thirty now. Exactly. Scary. Ross, are uh, you going to sing? Stop. Stop messing okay. around. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Just remember what? the lineup as well. There's yeah, no Andy. Okay. 
Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. I've I've done that to to Alex a few times by accident. I've said Andy, or I've you know said stuff. Yeah. So sorry about that. Anyway. Okay. Three, two, a one. Mailbag. Mailbag. It's time to dip into the Cowway mailbag. I think I could butcher this already. <laughs> with Heafy, with Stu, with Roscoe and AJ. Let's get into the mailbag. Oh, the remix. Rewind, <laughs> bow selector, pull up and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Incredible. Great stuff, Rossi. Yeah, blood. Um, yeah. Exactly. Uh, someone's been watching Top Boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> friends, it's time for the mailbag. We've got quite a few do, things to do. get through. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, sorry. It's, oh, a it's a remix. It's a remix. It's a remix. so rusty. Um, I'm going to start, first of all, uh, with this one from Maddie Reader. I'm going to start with you, AJ. Hello there, King, says Maddie. You're stuck on a desert island. Which one of the current ITSC squad would you like to be stuck on the island with? Yeah, I had a little think about this one when I saw it yesterday, and it was really tricky. <clears throat> um, but I've gone, I'm going to go with the new signing. I'm going to go with, um, it wasn't my MVP pick. What was the other one? It was the best summer signing that I, I, that Amari. I picked out at the time. I'm going to go with Amari Hutchinson. And there's a weird reason behind this. I think if you're going to be stranded on an island for a period of time, um, assuming that at some point you would get off said island, mm. you want to try and learn something. And I just think the amount of football skills that you could learn from this man nice. would be absolutely incredible. And this is someone who can't really, I can't, I can't do any keepy uppies. So if I had like you know, a month of just practice with Amari Hutchinson. I'd have all the Premier League Academy skills there. I'd just come back and just absolutely, you know, absolute walk into any foot. I'd be amazing. So I think <laughs> you might as well learn something. I'll, I'll take the positive of being stuck there with, uh, yeah, with progressing my football skills with Amari Hutchinson. This like sounds it. like, if there's any sort of TV producers listening, this sounds like, I mean, they're exhausting most, most formats now. Um, yeah, Castaway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's yeah, what can we put some kind of football pun on Castaway? KOA Castaway. Average average guy goes on a <laughs> desert island with Premier League footballer for a period of yeah. time, and then yeah. we see. How and then good they'd they have are. a game, wouldn't they? After a period of time, yeah. they'd come back and have to play in a game, and then you'd you'd have to see how the the average Joe got on. And then like he comes it. on for ten minutes for Chelsea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rossi, who would you like to be stranded on a desert island with? Who plays for which town, or indeed is it part of the squad? Um, do you know what? Because once again, it depends on if you want to get off the island, you know what you're up to. But I feel I've got a similar vibe to him. Don't know why I said that, but I'll go with it. Connor Chaplin, I just think he's a he's a he's a good lad. Um, I think we got you know he's similar age. Um, so yeah, just. You know, he's a good talker, chill lad. We'll just have a chill time. Nice. We can just, just chill out on that desert island and ignore your impending death. Yes. Um, Stewie, who, who do you fancy? Um, so to speak. I misread this question to start with. I thought it was, I had to pick one of you guys to oh, play no. with me. Oh, God, um, no. I'll just, I'll just wade into the water and just end it now. Death. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, or just get, yeah, Lord of, Lord of the Flies. Very, um, yeah. Ipswich. Does it have to be one of the new signings? Did you say? No, no. Can no. It be anyone in the squad, which I'm assuming also means management, etc. Uh, can I just have Axel Tuanzebe because he's got massive hands, and that would be quite useful to chop down trees and and kind of. Um, there we go. There's those hands. Yeah, pra- practical viewpoint might be able yeah. to help us survive and escape. Yeah, you can, you can strangle a shark barehanded if need be. Um, okay, Tuanzebe. I was going to go Tuanzebe as well, but mainly just because I want to play hungry hippos with him. Past the time. 
I reckon I could beat that 17 seconds as well. And I'd be interested to know what's the I'm really thinking about that technique, Stu. That's a really powerful technique, I think. So uh, I was also spent a bit of time thinking and researching whether he might have been named after Axel from Streets of Rage. Okay. Sega Mega Drive game, but I don't I don't think the timeline would match up. So in my age, the only other Axel I know is Axel Foley from Beverly Hills Cop, which uh, I thought may have been an influence in his name. But then I realised that he's probably born years after that appeared. And it yeah. probably wasn't the influence it would have been. Um, there we go. So there's two votes for Twins Airby, one for Omari Hutchinson, one for Connor Chaplin. Thanks for your question, Maddie. What's the next question? Let's find out. Sam Edwards wants to know, Stewie. The boys seem to be enjoying the new media hospitality at Portman Road. Rossi obviously giving it the, the scran rating on every game day slash behind the scenes. What would they choose if they had the power to be available the next home game? He says, obviously, Heathy would go for filled Yorkshire puddings. I like Yorkshire. I don't know. I haven't got a problem with Yorkshire puddings. I've got a problem with Yorkshire puddings on a Christmas dinner plate. A filled Yorkshire pudding filled with a bit of beef. Lovely. Um, I'm not I'm not anti that. I'm not anti Yorkshire puddings. Let's get this out of the... Uh, out of the thinking, I love Yorkshire puddings. I'm pro Yorkshire puddings, but just not on a Christmas dinner. Stewie, if you could have your power to have anything you want next Portman Road home game, what are you having? Hmm. Be happy with a bit of pizza, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, stick a bit of pizza Solid. out. I'm happy. Is pizza the ultimate food? As an aside, I can't think of any other food which is so versatile and it's actually better cold than it is warm. And mm. there's so many different variations you can put on top of a pizza that work. So I think it might be the ultimate food. Anyway, I'm digressing. Um, Rossi, what would you want? You've obviously, you've been given your, your scran ratings. You gave, oh, this is the other thing I enjoyed. You're giving 10 out of 10 to a, to a plate of food. You didn't even know what sort of meat it was. I was, was told, no, I was told <laughs> what it was and I went with it. All right. Uh, uh, it, it tastes imagine like, me writing you know. with you going, mm, this steak is sumptuous. And someone going, Ugh. It's lamb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going. Yeah, we're going to Sheffield, of course, this weekend, and I yeah. think they do. They they have not bad food. I think last year, I think there was burgers or something. Um, so just something solid that just it's filling and it's easy to eat as well. So good shout for pizza stew. You can't beat a bit of pasta. Love a bit of pasta. Of course, pasta tastes nice. If it doesn't, then disgrace. But um, <laughs> yeah, just anything like that. This is a disgrace. That's what I want in, in one of your, your scran ratings. Yeah. You're just remonstrating with the media team. This is a disgrace. Yeah. Just drop it. Um, AJ, what are you having? Ross spoken like a, a true Neapolitan there. That was fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I like those shouts. Ooh, I Of the ones I've had so far, there's a couple that stand out as well. I wouldn't mind being transferred over. Bristol City did some amazing burgers once where the buns were done to look like footballs and it was just brilliant um what was the other one Hull I keep on going on about the souvlaki there and the options they have there are amazing um I got totally mugged off at I, I can't remember if it was my first or second game at Portman Road when um, I was told that the next food that we'd have for the weekend I, yeah I think that would have been for the Stoke game then so it was this was during the Bristol City one Bristol Rovers sorry um I was told that it would be beef wellington and I totally bought into this for a good like Two minutes before dawning that it was a joke and it would not be Beef Wellington. And um, I think ever since then, I think, yeah, Beef Wellington will be my pick just to make up for me getting totally mugged off on my first game at Portman Road. I mean, Beef Wellington would be delicious, but that's an expensive 
dish. I thought it was anything we wanted. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, true. It's a big budget, isn't it? Absolutely. We can have whatever we want. You're quite right. I'll have Wagyu beef Wellington, please. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Nice one. Callum Pritchett wants to know, Hi Kings, you can interview one celebrity. Who are we picking? And he also asked for an update on Ross's driving. Shall we start with the Ross's driving update, Ross? Because you shared something in the group chat yesterday, which made me weep for your future. Um, so obviously we're still at the theory test stage, which it feels like we've been at for about five years. Um, and Stu just casually asked, how was the latest theory test, Ross? What did you reply, Ross? Uh, it was not a yes or no answer. The answer was, um, yeah, I forgot to go. So, so yeah, now a twenty-three knew, pound down knew, the drain. I knew the answer to that, and yet it still made me laugh. Um, so you essentially just took twenty-three quid and just set light to it, Ross. Um, yeah, which for a man planning a wedding seems to be a, yeah. a good approach. <laughs> Pretty much, I can expense but, these. Yeah, I can expense these. Yeah, uh, no, uh, <laughs> Rossi. If you could interview one celebrity, then redeem yourself. Who would it be? Um, I'm assuming you're going to say Rihanna. <laughs> Do you know what that was actually? <laughs> but I thought no, yeah. that's too predictable. Um, depends really, because you want you know depends what you want to get out from the interview. If you just want to have a nice little chinwag, you know, hang out with somebody, then you pick someone who's got a really cool lifestyle and stuff. But if you want to really like David Attenborough is pretty you know impressive, isn't he? You know, with his history. Um, Fairly, this yeah. is random. This is random. <laughs> um, do you know what? He's old now, yeah. but he's Clint Eastwood or oh, Denzel Washington. Okay. Denzel Washington, actually, yeah. I'm a big fan of his movies, so yeah, it'd be good to, to talk about his movies. You just shooting the shit with Denzel. I'd pay yeah. to I'd pay to, to see that. I'd also pay to see you interviewing David Attenborough. Going Denzel and David together. Yeah, both together. <laughs> and Ross. Uh, I'm also going to ask you boys, uh, as an aside, and we'll, we'll come back to this, who who your best interview or the most interesting interview you've had so far in your career is. Uh, we'll come back to that. AJ, which celebrity, though? If you could pick a celebrity, who would you pick? Oh, this is tricky. Because um, I'd go down a football route, but then in terms of like specifics, I don't really know what I'd like to do. It would be really difficult. I'm trying to think of like any sort of legendary managers you could like pick the brains out of them Stu, have you got someone... any answers lined up while aj mm. ruminates on this do i go for someone really like just try and go as big as you can because it's gonna like take your career into the stratosphere what would be the biggest world exclusive right now i don't know so who would that be uh it's which town bring in marco rubialis <laughs> <laughs> that'd be quite a big story uh i mean i don't know my my thinking on this is you don't want someone who's has been interviewed like a billion times yeah. because you're not gonna be able to get anything new out of them you want someone i mean i would i would move completely away from sport because most of sport interviewing is cliche ridden and a bit dull um i would look for someone a bit more interesting than than that in my opinion um so I'd be, I'd be I, 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 can I interview the person that took Axel Twenzebi's record at Hungry Hungry Hippos, oh, the current world <laughs> yes. record holder? Yeah. Then I can really dive deep into technique. We can, yeah. we can get the answer to this, the two-hand technique. We can really, yeah, really get into that. I like that, Stu. AJ, have you, have you, I've, have you I've got a couple of ones in the football one. 
I, I'm going to go down on my proper football tactical nerd side, Arrigo Sacchi. If he, I don't think he speaks any English, but if we had a translator there, or I could get Ross's immense Italian knowledge, I think that that would be fantastic. Other than that, this might sound very strange. I feel like the Elon Musk interview, I know the BBC did one that ended up as a complete car crash. I think if you had someone that properly prepared for this interview, you can properly grill him on what on earth is going on. I think that would be really good. And I think that, you know, when you're talking about like the hot topics, that's yeah. the one That's the one you want. That's the one that's going to get you out there. I grilled Elon Musk and yeah, that, this is what he said kind of thing. Good I'll show. tell you what I'd like to see, Stu, actually thinking about it, is you interviewing Andrew Tate. <laughs> okay. Because uh, obviously Tate is a, is a bell end of enormous proportions. Um, and I, th- I think you would be the man to hoist him by his own petard. He's the sort of guy that you just let speak. And uh, he essentially ties himself in knots um, with his, his crazy misogynistic view on the world. So that's what I'd like to see. Um, in terms of most memorable interviews, boys, have you got any to throw into the pot? Um don't have maybe the, the vast array of experience as some of you do in this field. I did Terry, Teddy Sheringham last season because obviously he has his uh, Millwall links there. So I spoke to him about Soccer Aid and a few other bits. So that's probably the, the biggest one I've done in that kind of thing. I've spoken to people like Max Rushton. I did for a uni. Oh, no, it wasn't even a uni piece. It was for sixth form. Um, other than that, it's just been very Millwall heavy kind of content. So I'll probably go Teddy Sheringham. It's the biggest one from my side. Does he still look? Is he still looking incredibly young? It was done over the phone, unfortunately. Oh, Sorry, that's a shame. Stewie, who's your most memorable interview that you've ever done in your career? Mm. Roy Keane, probably. Roy yeah. Keane, yeah. So when you flew out to Portugal, flew out to Portugal yeah. and did a sort of. Uh, Remember being incredibly nervous. Went to Portugal and back in the day, before I was doing the proper Ipswich gig, gig uh, here, um, was very green and very nervous, and plucked up the courage because it was pre-season and Ipswich, it was all about Ipswich trying to show off these these great facilities they were using. So obviously, I I plucked up the courage to talk about Saipan and um, and everything that had happened around the World Cup with Mick McCarthy and everything. But he was. Um, he was good. He was quite forgiving, actually, on that occasion. I think he probably sensed it was a big deal for me. What was he um, like as an interview? Because you'd imagine him being uh, difficult, shall we say. Well, I, I've always said it. Uh, interviews are the product of the environment that you do them in. Yeah. Um, so quite often you get people that are said to be difficult or don't open up. And I've had people, when you do it in like a press conference environment and there's a load of people gathered around and it feels a bit formal and um, they don't always make for, for great interviews, but when you, you can get people one-on-one, and pre-season's always a really good time because it's out of the heat of battle. There's no kind of narrative around whether the team's doing well poorly or anything like that. Um, everyone's a bit more relaxed time and they haven't got to be anywhere. So those ones always always make for a better environment. And yeah, it, I, I didn't have loads of time with Roy that day, but it was uh, I enjoyed it. It felt like... Um, yeah, felt like quite a big moment for me back at that time. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Rossi, have you got one that sticks out for you that you've done thus far in your fledgling career? There's a lot of you know, it's your town heavy, former players heavy. Because you know, when I during lockdown, I did Ross mm. meets. Um, like George Burley is probably top of the list, you know, because of the in pitcher series. You know, to do that and speak to him in person was good fun. 
Um, now, I've got a random one here, but I've been wanting to track him down for years. And when I finally did track him down and speak to him, Jamie Peters, yeah. who, um, I loved watching when I was a kid. So to actually talk to him, it was over Zoom, but it was still incredible. He's now back over in Canada uh, coaching um, you know, kids and stuff. And mm. it was just great talking to him because I was like, I just loved watching him play. And I think no one has been able to speak to him since he left back in like 2011 or whatever. So to actually able to track him down and speak to him, that's probably up there. And uh, yeah, it's, it's still was, available. Still available if you want to listen to it. He was one that just vanished, wasn't he, Jamie Peters? He, did. Like, he yeah. went from being kind of in and around the team to just disappearing. And yeah. no one knew where he'd gone. Uh, yeah, no, good answers, boys. Um, yeah, I uh, I once interviewed a guy called Clive Stafford-Smith, who is a human rights lawyer who uh, who fights against the death penalty in America. He's from Newmarket. Um, and he featured on a show, which I watched when I was a kid, a documentary called, I think it's 14 Days in May which follows the last 14 days of a guy's life on death row, a uh, black guy in the South in America. And Clive Safford Smith is his lawyer. Um, this is from like the eighties. Uh, and it's him kind of trying to get a stay of execution, all this kind of stuff. And it, it follows him literally right up to the moment that he is executed. And it later turns out the guy was innocent. And it, it was one of the most powerful things I ever watched as a kid. Cause it made me question the death penalty and all that kind of thing. And I, years later, when I first started being a journalist, I, I managed to track Clive down and spoke to him. And he was a very, very powerful interview in terms of he says he watches every execution that his clients have because that's kind of his pledge to them. They'll be there right to the end. And he said this very powerful thing to me. He said, I always come out after every execution. I, I walk outside, I look up into the sky and I ask myself, is the world a better place? And the answer is always no. People are not the worst thing they've ever done, um, which is which is always stuck with me and very powerful. Um, so that would be mine. Bringing down the tone there. Um should we do a football one just to just to bring bring things back up? I've got a bit serious. Uh, Chris Bennett wants to know, Stu, does Walton get straight back into the starting eleven, even if Lanky's form continues as is, uh, where he may have a shaky game amongst three or four solid performances? So this is a coming debate when Walton's back from his plantar issue, Stu. Will he go straight back into the side? Well, Axel Twenzebi might have something to say about <laughs> it with his like massive that. hands. Like that, um, yeah. We know McKenna does like a bit of versatility in his players. Mm -hmm. um, it's really difficult to talk about the, the walton Hagkey debate here because you don't want to do either men down because it's... I, wanna, I really want to talk up Vaz, who mm. I really enjoyed sitting down with, um, recently to to talk to um about his kind of journey in english football and in ipswich town um but equally i don't want to kind of forget just how incredible christian walton had been and and the role that he's played in in ipswich town getting promoted and not wanting to forget the kind of low moment that he's probably in now right on the eve of the season finally back in the championship someone that we were talking about being potentially one of the best goalkeepers in, in the championship. Um, he's been there before. Um, so I just think Ipswich are blessed to have two really good goalkeepers. Um, delighted for Vaz at the moment, gutted for Christian. That's the nature of, of the position, isn't it? Um, the dynamic of the goalkeepers union always fascinates me. Um, publicly, they always talk about sort of being being best mates and, and you would have to get on because they work so closely together. It's not like a squad of players, 20 plus there's three, mm. four of them working on a, on a daily basis. And unlike any other position, only, only one can play. It's not like you can, well, you might get in on the left instead, or you might get off the bench here and there. Um, 
But I, yeah, as as we've said in these re- recent pods, I think Vass is somebody's questioned my use of the term "inform" for him recently, which um, I found slightly strange. He's had one one bad game, not even one bad game, one bad patch in a game where he was at fault for one, arguably two goals against Leeds. But around that, he's he's had some really really big contributions over these first five games. Um, so. Yeah, that's we're talking about squad depth and how important that is with the games coming thick and fast. That's uh, another example of, of Ipswich having depth in a, in a position. Mm. I don't want to dive too much into that now because obviously in due course it will become a proper discussion that we're going to have. Um, Jimbo wants to know, Ross, we get asked this every single time we put a mailbag out pretty much. We get asked the question about TV shows because it's relatable. He says top three TV shows. Now we've done that a lot. Um, and I think probably all of us have similar answers on that front. So I'm going to say, I want to be able to use Jimbo's question, Ross. So in terms of TV shows. What would the what would you say the top three you've seen recently or are watching now? Well, I've actually thought about this a bit more. I've got three different options. So I've got one which is just my binge watch that I just always just watch, easy to watch. Like it. You know, just yeah. put it in the background, chewing gum Peep. for the eyes. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And that's Peep Show because yeah. it's you know incredible, it's not, you know, just great show. And it's just easy to put on. Only twenty minutes episodes. Boom, boom, does the job. Four nans, Jimmy. Four nans. Um, that's a phrase from it. Um, now, a recent one I've been watching, you know, Top Boy, good good show. But I've actually, and there's a, a series on Sky called From, which is a sci-fi horror mystery. Basically, there's people stuck in a town, and at night, monsters come out, and they rip your flesh. Hmm. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's um, two series in at the moment. Um, yeah, it's a good little watch. Um, the makers of uh, Lost, which, controversial, <laughs> you know, not great ending. But it's Lost actually a good show. And then other show is the random show. Now bear with me. It just once again something easy at me and me and Sasha watch, and it's four in a bed. <laughs> now it's just you know people who run B and B says you know they go and it's just it's just such an easy watch. Just put it in the background and it's just fun when they like bitch about each other and oh they they're like there's a little bit of dust here or a little bit oh, of hair be, in the bed here. You'd be great on four in a bed. You know, you're saying earlier with your persona, this is a disgrace. Yeah. Maybe you should start doing that. You know, do behind the scenes when you stay over places. You can do hotel yeah. reviews as well, Ross. Add that to the behind the scenes. Do it. Um, so that's quite good. I mean, my miss is obsessed with four in the bed. Uh, what's it, uh, the other one? Come dine with me. Come dine with me. They're on. She's watching it. Peep show is great because it gets better. It's one of the few series. It gets better the more the older it goes. Um, what's the other one? From. From. That's yeah. a new one for me. I've not heard of that. Um I'll add that to the list. AJ, what are you watching? Oh, Stewie. Can I just interject? Do you know how many episodes of Four in a Bed there have been? Because oh, this God, was on Twitter be. this week. There must be loads, mate. Absolutely. Like, not as many as come dine with me, but what? Take a guess. 500? 998. Oh, oh wow. According to Wikipedia, anyway. So as of this recording. Yeah. Wow. 1,000 episodes special of Roscoe. I mean, that is, yeah. Can we start that promotion for all come and stay at each other's homes? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is my spare bedroom, so you'll. Good content. <laughs> I like it. Uh, AJ, what's your kind of three favorite shows currently, recently? I just want to start off by saying Ross's thing is probably like the come dine. I'm sure you all know the meme, you know, the what's a sad little life game. <laughs> you have all the grace of a reversing dump truck. It was just, I, that was exactly what I thought of the first time he said it. And when you mentioned come dine with me, that was, that was right. Yeah. Um, 
My comfort watch is The Simpsons because you can just put it on Disney Plus and have it run in the background, and it's perfect. And is that still going, The Simpsons? They still make yes, new they're ones. still they're is still it? making new ones, and they're all rubbish. And when yeah. Disney Plus gets to about like season twenty, when I've just had it running in the background, I go, no, turn it back to the start because I don't I don't like any of the ones after that. Um, I've also had the the thick of it a bit because that's my girlfriend's kind of comfort show there. So um, that's another one that we've had. Um, my favourite one, obviously, because I've not really done much of this TV chat before, so I'll give a little bit of background. My favourite show, probably, you're going to love this, Mark. I think it's got to be Succession. It was just, ah, yes. it's so, so good. Mate, um, I would, yeah. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Um, watched, I think I watched most of season two as it was, like, I stayed up mm. at nights to watch them go out live and all that kind of thing. Absolutely amazing. Um, trying to get through a bit of Ted Lasso now, but I'm on the last season and it's mm. just a bit slow. Um, the one I want to watch and we'll hopefully get round to when I actually have some time is One Piece, which has just come out on um, Netflix. That's based on the Japanese kind of manga stuff, which I'm not, it's not really my kind of thing, but I have a lot of family in Japan. And when I was a kid, they'd bring back these manga bits and I'd just like flick through and look at the pictures. Um, so to kind of have that that's been made into a, a live action Netflix show is quite cool. So I'm hoping to, to find some time to watch that one. Nice ones, AJ. The thick of it's brilliant. Malcolm Tucker, one of the best characters ever in the history of TV. And Succession, I would put in my top three all time. Right up there, Breaking Bad, probably The Wire, and then Succession. It is brilliant. If you've not seen it, please, please watch it. And I was show about business, you think, can't be that good. But it's about so much more than that. And it's so well written. Written by the same guy who wrote Peep Show. Uh, and you know how good the dialogue and the, and the kind of um, all that kind of stuff is. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Please watch. Have that. you not got the Sopranos in your top three? I feel like that's kind of like the, the given that has. I to mean, be it, there. It, I don't know, mate. Honestly, I think I would supplant the Sopranos with Succession because I, I okay. started to rewatch the Sopranos recently, and I struggled a bit with it because it's a bit mm. it's a bit slow compared to TV now. So I'd probably edge that out and put that down okay. in fourth. Anyway, Stewie, what about your top three shows? Uh. Well, on current things, mm. I was you kept saying to me, watch some of the traitors spin-offs. Yes. Because I love the traitors. I tried the American version, I couldn't get on with it. I abandoned after a couple of episodes. Oh, they just annoyed me. It was all influencers and yeah. No, not for me. Um turned to the Australian one. Oh yeah. Loved it. Brilliant. And the, it had a far more satisfying ending than the British version without giving too much away as well. So um yeah, I was sad when that finished. We kind of binged that every night. That was our little thing. As soon as uh, got little into bed, that was let's let's get the traitors Australia on. Um, that was one recently. What else have I watched? Um, there's a thing on Disney Plus called A Small Light, which is about um, uh, a lady called Meep Geese, who Very was good. the lady who uh, hid Anne Frank's family. Oh wow. Um, so that's that's really good. It's obviously very poignant, but um, mm. yeah, give that a watch. I'd, I'd recommend that. Uh, yeah, The Traitors is brilliant TV. I would say, Stu, I wish you'd watch the American one because the ending of the American one is better than any of the others. All right, I might give it another go. Stick with it, honestly. Some of the episodes of that are some of the best TV I've seen in a long time. I'd go The Bear. Um, that's on Disney Plus, which is brilliant, about um, a chef, Michelin star chef who has to go back and run his family's sandwich restaurant in Chicago. Absolutely brilliant TV. Top Boy, I love. That's on at the moment. And the other one I'd recommend, which actually is back today on Disney Plus, is Welcome to Wrexham. I love that show. It's a real feel-good 
um, show. And obviously go into it thinking those two guys are just in it for the, the cred or whatever, the kind of publicity of it. But um, at least it seems in the show they're genuinely invested in it. Uh, and it's it's a it's a really good watch. And also the episodes are about half an hour long as well. So good to con- uh, indulge in and consume like a couple at a time. Right. Uh, where are we? Callum Brissett wants to know, Stu and Alex or Ross as a passenger, if you could upgrade the matchday Honda Jazz to any car, what would it be and why? Stuart, you do most of the driving, I'd imagine. If you could, if you could drive any car, what would it be? Well, can we can we change it to an automatic so that Alex can do a bit of the driving? <laughs> please, would be my first request. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you if you go, generally speaking, if you go in more expensive range of cars, a lot of them are automatics, aren't they? So exactly, we'll take that for granted. It's going to be an auto. I'm not really a cars man. I've said that before. Alex, no, you, Alex can I. pick. Oh, I get to pick. I had, I've, I've had one lined up. Um, if we get to upgrade it, I'm getting the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Oh, going oh. back in time. I'm taking the Doctor back in time, and we're going to stop town from going down in 2018, 19. Oh, um, so that's my answer. <laughs> Best answer ever on this show. Mic drop. I hope you're listening, Andy Warren. I hope you're listening. Playing to the gallery. Look, he's got oh, a Lego he's... DeLorean next to him there. There it is. Look, look at that. There it is. Look at that. That is great. And I can convert it, boys. Bear with me. I hope it doesn't fall apart when I do this. I've not I've not done it for a long time. That shatters into a million pieces. <laughs> Look, now it's the flying. It's the flying version. Well, think about how easy it would be to get to games and that. God, I am so cool. Uh, uh, I'll grow my hair out at the sides <laughs> and go full on. Uh, right, uh, where are we? Let's ask this one from Patrick Palmer. I've got no thoughts on this. Um, I'm hoping some of you have. Time to sort the four kings into their Hogwarts houses. Four houses, four kings. It has to be done. So who's going to Gryffindor, which apparently is characterised by bravery, helping others, and chivalry? Hufflepuff. Why are you is saying these the words like, like you've never heard them Sounds before. like this is something you'd, you'd read. I've never read Harry Potter. I've never watched Harry Potter. It's for five-year-olds. It's something called Hufflepuff in it, for God's sake. Hard work, loyalty, and fair play. Ravenclaw, intelligence and wit. Slytherin, cunning and ambition. Now, I feel like of the four of us, I'm probably most going to be likely in the Slytherin category. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I think we're definitely putting Stu into Ravenclaw. Intelligence and like... wit. Mm. <laughs> you know, I've been more of a Hufflepuff man, I think. Oh, hey, there we go. Okay. I've always said that. I don't know. Then which of me and... again. Hufflepuff. Yeah, but the first way you said it was like. Complete disdain, like you right. encountered Huffle- the word Hufflepuff. for the first time. This is something that adults read, Hufflepuff. <laughs> but then which of me and, and Ross would be intelligence and wit? Well, you just put you just put Stu in Ravenclaw, didn't you? Yeah, There's I know, Stu- but he's been arguing oh, for you Hufflepuff. Can, well, you can assign me to that. Ravenclaw's blue, isn't it? So I'll take that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I've where got are we no going idea what that? you're talking about. <laughs> So we've got we've got bravery helping others and chivalry, Gryffindor, and we've got hard work, loyalty, and fair play, which is Hufflepuff. Who's who's <laughs> taking Gryffindor? That's that's the main house, isn't it? That's the main house. So is it? Sorry, Alex, <laughs> but that's that's my boys. Yeah. They're my boys. Fair. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Harry. I'm Harry, Ron, and uh, Hermione, aren't I? I'm with those the, 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 the gang. What the what hell are you talking about? Hufflepuff. Yeah. I'm slightly, I'm slightly concerned that all of you immediately went, yeah, you're, you're cunning and ambitious. 
evil lot. This is like the, yeah, this is like the, the bad side by the sound of it. Yes, you're a bit you're a bit fighty, aren't you? Does it, yeah? Well, I, I yeah. fight. As long as I'm not in Hufflepuff, I'm happy. Um, can we just we? just can we can we just make sure that we've assigned everybody here? I mean, I feel like Alex wants to take okay. something. Ross as Sorry. well. I think I've ended up with Hufflepuff. Ross has gone into Gryffindor. Done. Uh, and then we've got Mark at Slytherin and Stu as a Ravenclaw. Absolute nonsense. <laughs> Complete and utter shite of the highest order. Thanks for your question, Patrick. <laughs> those um, those opinions, those opinions are he is not the cowway. <laughs> Says the man who's just been playing with his Lego DeLorean <laughs> moments earlier. <laughs> Mate, that's serious, all right? Time travel, don't mess around with that. Flying cars, now we're talking. There's a flying car in Harry Potter. So, is it? Yes. Aren't there actually people who play that nonsense, think it's a real game, that Quidditch thing? Like, run around pretending they're flying on broomsticks? He knows what Quidditch Yeah, I've seen this being played in Cambridge before. It seems Cambridge seems to be a place that that would be played, I'd imagine. Get in the sea, the lot of you. No, I agree with that. Grow up. Um, Kieran Newbury wants a serious... He's got a serious question now to calm us all down. This feels like it might be something you've got strong feelings on, Stewie. I'm not a fan of players wearing short sleeves and under armour layering underneath. To my mind, it should be short sleeves or long sleeves. Several posse members can tell you how irrationally angry this gets me. It riles me up even more, he puts in capital letters, when it's goalkeepers. Your thoughts? Mm. Any strong feelings on this, Watson? You seem Not like the man to that might. degree of strength, but I do lament the death of the long sleeve football shirt. You don't yeah. see him as much these days, do you? I mean, I've said on here before, Big Duncan Ferguson was my my football idol growing up. He loved a long sleeve shirt. Um don't see them. Do they even make long sleeve shirts? If you wanted to go and buy a replica long sleeve, is that even a is that even a thing? I don't know. I haven't. Seen, you don't yeah. generally see them now. Do I'm you? about to Google this now. <laughs> see if town do them. I have an opinion though on something yeah. else that is you know what players wear, mm. and it's the walkout jackets because they are pointless. Because you know they walk out with them. Yeah, fair enough. You know, some teams don't, but town they they wear them. They just, they, of course, it's more just like so, so fans will buy them because they look good. But they walk, shake hands, and then they chuck them off. And then James put them the kit man has to then pick them all up. And it's like, what is the point? Mm. But the point is, so they can sell more merchandise and more stuff, uh, which is fair enough. But it's pointless, all right? It's pointless. But it doesn't like look it, like Ross. they do long sleeve shirts anymore. From what I can see on the club shop, I don't think you can get them. Sad times. I enjoy Ross's statement there on the, the madness of capitalism. Disgrace, mate. Disgrace. Absolute, absolute nuts. So I don't think any of us have got real strong opinions on that, Kieran. Certainly not as strong as you. I quite I quite like it, to be honest. Layering. It's fashionable, mm. isn't it? Like, I love cool. I love Under Armour stuff. And Rossi's actually wearing a lovely burgundy Under Armour t-shirt as we speak. Fantastic. Uh, TV licensing officer, we've got two more questions left. TV licensing officer wants to know, what Tesco meal deal are you going with? Anyone want to take this? Anyone a fan of the the Tesco meal deal? I can usually not tell the difference between what's in what supermarket. I just kind of gravitate towards either my my, my go to, and I don't know if this is a Tesco thing, so I'll, I'll have to put my neck out here. Is bacon ketchup sandwich beautiful? Um, and then do that with I go regular Coke. And, boring of it. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> you have it's all his, choices. It's, it's his pick. Bacon ketchup. All right. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You've got loads of I, options. I do that. I, I got asked this when I first joined on Twitter, and people loved this answer. They thought it was great. Mm. So I'll do that with a regular coke, and usually something either like barbecue style crisps, or um, I do like the spicy Doritos. They're always nice. If they don't do that in Tesco's, then I, I like the kind of the breakfast sandwich style. Again, like bacon, egg, sausage, that kind of thing. So. Yeah, those would be my my two on the sandwiches, but always a Coke usually, unless I really need energy and I go for a Lucas Aid or something. Um, and then, yeah, usually those kind of crisps, the something that have a bit of a bit of a kick to it. We know Stewie likes big big bold flavors in crisps. Stewie, have you got? A, would you go? So what should it be? It's a sandwich, crisp, and a drink, isn't it? Essentially. Yeah, I'll probably take the chocolate option. Oh, you get chocolate as well. Yeah, might get a little Twix. Um. I don't know, some sort of chickeny barbecue thing, coronation chicken. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Prawn cocktail, some sort of prawn cocktail crisps. Nice. Rossi, um, I feel like you've, you've probably had a few meal deals in your time. Yeah, you know, save, save money and all that. Although getting, they're getting more expensive now. So, you know, Tesco's, Sainsbury's, all that sort of jazz. Sort yourself out. I know, you know, you know, cost of living and everything, but bloody hell. Um, yeah, I, lo- I love myself a wrap, a southern fried chicken wrap. Um, that was always solid. I go down the healthy route sometimes with a drink. I'll go with a nice orange juice, you know, just to balance it out a little bit. And then I switch up with a chocolate bar or some crisps. Um, so yeah, just just depends on how I'm feeling. But um, I like a I like a wrap. Nice. My favourite sandwich, if you're asking, coronation chicken. Absolutely fantastic if done well. And I always go crinkle cut crisps of some variety. Ideally, real McCoy, really salted. Job done. Final question. Kevin, Big Kev wants to know, what's your thoughts on Fabio Wardley being chief support to a guy making his boxing debut? He's time to shine. So if you haven't heard, Fabio Wardley, Ipswich Town, former Ipswich Town Academy player and now Ipswich Town sponsored athlete, Fabio Wardley is fighting as the chief support to Tyson Fury in Saudi Arabia at the end of October. Tyson Fury fighting Francis Ngannou. Look how bored the rest of you are now. You're... Looking away from the screen, I'm going to carry on talking. All right, my time to shine. So this is for me. Obviously, the, the entire show. It's not boxing. You've got boxing, serious boxing. You've got entertainment boxing, YouTube boxing. Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather, Tyson Fury, Francis Garno, nonsense. Entertainment boxing. But for Fabio Wardley, it's very good for him because loads of people will watch it, and he'll be in front of a uh, kind of casual fans that maybe wouldn't watch boxing otherwise. So I think it's pretty good. But of course, there is now a question over the fight actually taking place because there was a bit of a rumble on the red carpet last week. Fabio got cut in a kerfuffle. Um, and if that cut is uh, serious, he won't be able to spar. He'll need he'll need it stitching up, which means he won't be able to then fight uh, at the end of October. So hopefully it's not too bad. But it's a big fight for Fabio in terms of exposure. He'll, I'd imagine he'll be getting wedged up as well. Um, so all in all, I haven't got a problem with it. I'll probably watch it, but then I'd watch pretty much anything. Because that's, that's the person I am when it comes to fighting. Well then, boys, we've come to the end of Mailbag. We've learned a lot about each other, I think, in there. Um, just show this again. I've just remembered the flux capacitor on this. Look, you see this? It actually lights up. You see that? That's a, it's fluxing, look. This is why that? you subscribe to get the video side Absolutely. of these podcasts. Oh, it's, fall, it's falling apart. Oh, no. Anyway, talking about falling apart, should we talk about Ipswich Town playing Sheffield Wednesday? It's a good segue, isn't it? Sheffield Wednesday seems to be falling apart a bit. Um, 
That's the weekend game. We're back into action at Hillsborough this weekend, boys. Who wants to kick us off with this? Sheffield Wednesday, pretty bad so far. I fear oh. anyone who's here for the football is long to yeah. stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the DeLorean's back out now. <laughs> Put it away. I've got to fix it. You boys, you boys talk about Sheffield Wednesday. Go on, Alex. Um, yeah, this is an interesting game because I think if there was a team that probably needed the international... I can't believe I'm talking whilst on Mark's doing that. Um, if there's a team that probably needed the international break, I think it would have been Sheffield Wednesday because they've signed about half the European players on the transfer market under the age of 23. Um, and we will need time to bed in. And, and they've come in and they've also strengthened with a couple of domestic signings there as well. But it takes a, a lot of time to bed in these kind of players, many of whom haven't gone out on internationals. And they do it on the back of a fairly respectable, you've got to say, a normal draw at Elland Road as well in the local derby where I think most people predicted them to get absolutely obliterated off the face of the earth based on the, the kind of form that the teams are going in with. Um, so it's really hard to judge Sheffield Wednesday from what I've seen because really with all the bodies they've had coming in and, and with all the chopping and changing and everything going on behind the scenes, yes, they carry in a lot of bad form, but they are still going to be the home team. Going to Hillsborough mm. is a really tough thing to do. The one game I covered at Hillsborough was with Cambridge. Cambridge lost 6-0 in that game. Um which kind of brings back like the Sunderland thing that I had. I think I'd, I'd gone there twice and I'd seen Sunderland win by an aggregate score of 8-1. So there is that side to it. It is a, a difficult place to go. And really, I think that, to, yeah, Town can prepare for Sheffield Wednesday as much as they want and understand you know, the basics of the way Cisco Munoz wants to play. But a lot can change with the bodies they've had come in late in August and on deadline day. And we could be seeing a, a slightly different system that could potentially cause town some issues here. Yeah, I'm worried about this game, Stu. Um, I mean, obviously on paper, two sides have had very different starts to the season. But Sheffield, we, I mean, Sheffield Wednesday were a good side in League One last season. They've got some really good players. I really like Josh Windass. Obviously, they've got the man Bannon as well. Um, they had a decent result last time out. They drew against Leeds, the first point of the season. They'll be at home after an international break. And we know towns traditionally aren't great after international breaks. I know those narratives would be busted, but I don't think it's going to be as straightforward as maybe some people will, will, will think. Sounds like they've improved. <clears throat> I mean, they've failed to beat Stockport and Mansfield in the cup, beat one on penalties, lost on penalties to the other. Mm. Um, Southampton, Hull, Preston, lost to all of those, um, playing with a back four. And then... He switched systems to a back three by the sounds of things. Talk about sort of solidifying and making them a bit harder to beat. And it sounds like they deserved more when they lost 2-1 at Cardiff and could have nicked it at Leeds um, in that 0-0 draw. So there was a lot of talk about them using the international break to really work on a few things. Uh, a lot of talk about them wanting to be a possession-based side under Munez. Um, some intriguing signings. That, like you say, there's still Bannon and Byers and Smith up front, some names that we, we know well from, from League One, but some wild cards that they haven't really played a lot so far. A couple of wingers that have come in from PSG and Monaco in Gassama and Musaba. Um, the goalkeeper's on loan from AC Milan, so they have dipped into that European market. Um maybe still finding their feet a little bit, how much work they'll have been able to do kind of over, over this fortnight. I don't know. 
yes, Hillsborough can be an intimidating place to go to, but I tell you what, they can turn on their team as well. We mm. saw that last season when Ipswich went there and went uh, 2-0 up and they were chucking things on the pitch and there was a, at one stage it was, there was talk about it getting stopped and, and it feels like Ipswich could, could make that happen again. Already a bit of pressure on the manager, uh, already a bit of nerviness around Sheffield Wednesday, obviously tipped by many to, to come straight back down. A lot of behind the scenes stuff going on with with the owner and Darren Moore and stuff over the summer. So uh, if Ipswich can start well, it's the old cliche about sort of getting mm. the first goal and getting on top. Um, I think they could turn this crowd. Rossi, <clears throat> I've just realised on this show we've gone from Hufflepuff to Hillsborough. And where else in any other football podcast would you get that? That's why we're almost award winning. Uh, how are you feeling about this one? Um, just happy the real football's back. You know, international football, don't really care about, to be fair. I know that England played Scotland last night, but I don't really care. I know it's a, a big game, 150 years and all that, but I just don't. I'm not fussed, to be honest. Yeah, boring. Um, yeah, real football's back. And yeah, Hillsborough, you know, Sheffield Wednesday, they are a lot, sort of, you know, our enemy last year with the two games with so much going on. You know, they took, they were 2-0 up, fr- up front. I um, can't even speak. 2-0 up against us at Portland Road. Of course, we were 2-0 up against them at Hillsborough. Um, th- those games had everything in it. And uh, yeah, we've not been able, we've got a bad record against Sheffield Wednesday, actually. Looking back at the record in the last nine games, we've beaten them once. So we need to beat them. We need to beat them. Mm. And, um, you know, we're, we're different contrasts of how we've been done since we've been promoted from us being second and then 23rd. Um, but yeah, they've got 13 new players, new manager, a crazy owner. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a basket case, really, instead of there. Um, but I want to give a shout out to their goalkeeper because he's, um, do, do, do you know this? He's a Colombian international. Well, he hasn't won a cap for Colombia, but he was called up and went to play or was on the bench for Colombia. Devis Vaquez, I think I've completely butchered that. But yeah, on loan from AC Milan, as Stu said, um, never played for AC Milan, but um, like, that's one nice little thing. Like some clubs do, they they can sign these random players. Like you don't see Town do that. Obviously, you know maybe we just don't want to go into that market because they could be rubbish. But uh, apparently he's improved, so uh, he's just a player I just looked out for and just went, yeah, that's a funny, fun name to talk about and to look back at. Say it again. Vasquez, Vasquez, Debus Vasquez. Vasquez. That's pretty good yeah. actually. I like it. Um, how about the town, the town team, then boys? Because we know Wes Burns is carrying an injury. Um, there are, I guess you, there are debates you could say around potentially right back um, going into this game as well. Uh, and we, we don't know if, obviously if, if George Hurst is going to be, be fit to play. Uh, and Freddie Zappo has obviously been in form. AJ, what, what are you doing? Let's, 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 let's assume that Wes Burns won't be playing because hamstring is a risky thing for a, a pace player or any player. Mm-hmm. Who do you play on the right? Um, and is it, as, is it as simple? I mean, we saw Jackson, didn't we, against Sheffield Wednesday last season? Um, if memory yeah. serves me correct, if this, Hurst is injured, mm, it's a tricky one because again, probably got to look at the, the regularity of these fixtures coming in now. In terms of the fact that they're going to go to Southampton a few days later, mm. then it's a big home game against Blackburn off the top of my head. Then it's the Wolves game, and, and will McKenna want to rotate for that? Going straight to Huddersfield, these games are now going to be coming thick and fast, and the regularity is going to hit the squad a lot more than the start of the season has. So this might be a bit of a kind of a, a trial and error period where you look at who can come in in different areas. And not only when you have injuries like the Burns one, but when you just need to rest players, you know, not everyone can come in and play Saturday, Tuesday. You need to look at that rotation side as well. Um, 
what are you looking at in terms of the options? Yeah, you could maybe look at potentially Marcus Harness uh, as someone who can kind of play in that very versatile left, centre and right, kind of flicking through those different areas. You could go with Amari Hutchinson. You could go for Caden Jackson. Obviously, if you if Hurst's out and then uh, you put Caden Jackson on the right, then you don't have him as an option to go up front. Do you then go with Lapo? There's lots of different aspects to it. I'd probably like to see Amari Hutchinson get a bit of a run out. He's been the one that's kind of come on in these kind of 60-minute marks and often come on on the right or sometimes on the left as well. It's, it's been a fairly natural switch for him. So he's probably the one that I, I'd look at. And I just think that, yes, he's got areas that he needs to improve, but he has shown since coming in how much he has developed under Kieran McKenna in a very short space of time. And I think that that warrants at least an opportunity to see what he can do. Sheffield Wednesday, in theory, you know, one of the sides that have been weaker so far this season. Can he go and, and use his skill and exploit some areas and, and cause some chaos? And if he can, then hopefully that will set him up well to, to break into the starting eleven a little bit more throughout the rest of the season. Where do you stand on this, Stu? Assuming that, that Burns isn't playing, assuming Hurst's out. Um, and is, is there is there a, a conversation to be had around right back with Harry Clark and Brandon Williams, do you think? Are we at that stage? Um, none of us know kind of where they're at fitness wise, Harry Clark included with the Achilles. I mm. think he's still, <clears throat> I think he's shown some signs of, of not being a hundred percent Harry Clark so far this season. I don't know if the, the injuries played its part in that. Um, I think there'll come a tipping point where there's some conversations around Brandon Williams, around Jack Taylor in midfield at some mm. stage around Twanzebi when when he's fit obviously this game's come come too soon I don't think we've hit that tipping point yet I think there's I mean Nipswich have won a ridiculous number of games over the last 20 odd haven't they with with this with this side um so I think it will be kind of same again and and then just some question marks over who's fit I would hope Hurst is okay after kind of two two weeks off um but we don't know how severe that was if it was a a flare-up of an injury that he was already carrying, that then I think Jackson starts in one way or another if one or both of Burns and Hurst are out because, as you say, he was kind of turned to at Hillsborough last season as a bit of... I think he played on the left in the Hillsborough. Yeah. That was a specific game plan to kind of use use his pace. But um, with the Southampton game coming up on Tuesday, I think they'll he'll think very carefully about that being a very different type of game at Southampton um, and again it's not about which player is better it's which attributes are best mm-hmm. suited to the different different styles of game so yeah and intrigued to see to see what he goes what he goes with yeah it's important not to forget about Danassian in this as well I think mm-hmm. because in, in terms of his kind of one-on-one defending that we've seen obviously the, the injuries have played a part but he's very much in my eyes in that conversation at right back with Harry Clark and with Brandon Williams when there's both kind of question marks over them, you know, with Tanassian. So far this season, in all the games he's been fit to play, he's been really solid defensively in those, in those one-on-one situations and probably offers just a little bit more security when you know Brandon Williams is trying to get up to speed and Harry Clark's probably dealing with that injury a little bit. Mm. Rossi, do you, um, clearly it's Wednesday now, uh, so it's quite early to be making predictions, but you are the keeper of the predictions key. Do you want us to try to make predictions or would you rather us wait until after the press conference and if we get any updates on injuries and stuff? 
now because um alex is winning so we need to make sure we've got the <laughs> opportunity now to you know yeah he's got he's got no advantage so uh yeah on the spot now boys predictions please where are we because none of us did anything did we in the cardiff game <clears throat> uh, we all got a point because we For all winning yeah, a win. there was nothing um, else was yeah so aj's got 11 I've got six. He for you got five. Stu has got three. Still early days, Stu, though. Don't worry. Still early he's days. just giving us a head start. Don't you worry, yeah, boys. Is, What's the nice what he's doing? Pretty right much. then. Ross, you start then. Give us a prediction. Um, I'm going to go 2 1. <clears throat> 2 1 town. First goal scorer. The boy, Connor Chaplin. 2 1 town, Chaplin. AJ? Um, almost went with Ross's prediction. I am going to copy his score with 2 1 town, and I'm going to go Nathan Broadhead. Stewie, I know you hate this when I asked you for a prediction like three days before a game where there's so many imponderables and unknowns. Um, and I know it's nonsense, but just play along. Uh, 2 nil Ipswich. 2 nil. Yeah, Best scorer? Vibe, vibes of kind of Derby and Bolton last season where they'll hopefully get back to clean sheet and um, get an early goal, turn the crowd, maybe uh, manage the game quite nicely and add a second, second half. Who's going to score the first goal? The first goal scorer is going to be um, Connor Chaplin. Okay, so we've got 2-1 Chaplin, 2-1 Broadhead, 2-0 Chaplin. No, I'll tell you what, someone else oh. went for Chaplin, didn't they? I've got yeah. to take some gambles to try and claw some points back. I'll say Caden Jackson. Okay. Ooh. Just update Start that in on. your records. Update that in your records, Rossi. Yeah. Uh, you talk about gambles, Stu. I'm going to make a bit of a gamble here. I think it's just going to lose. Whoa! I think they're going to lose 2-1. And I think Nathan Broadhead will score. But I've just got a bad feeling about this game, boys. So uh, I think I'm the first to predict a loss this season. But um, I don't know. Something about this game just gives me the heebie-jeebies. And also, if it does happen and Town do lose, at least I'll have the uh, the warm feeling of me making big strides in the table to uh, to fall back on. <laughs> uh, so the boys are all saying wins, 2-1, 2-1, 2-0. I'm saying 2-1 defeat. I hope I'm wrong. I frequently... Who, who did you say was score Town's goal? Broadhead. Broadhead, sorry. I wasn't I'm always going to go Broadhead or Chaplin, probably. Um, <laughs> so there we go, boys. That brings us to the end of the show, uh, which has been, I would say, probably file this in the Marmite uh, section of the, the shows that we've recorded because the majority of the show we've spent arguing about Harry Potter and... Uh, various other bits of nonsense but um i know quite a lot of people out there enjoy hearing us talk about stuff other than football as we can tell from the mailbag questions we get in so i just want to um before we go i want to throw to a couple of interviews you've done which i really enjoyed the black vasclav hladke interview which came out i think was it yesterday or was it monday monday it was wasn't it very 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 good read and also connor chaplin you've done this morning um and he we know he's a good talker do you want to talk a little bit about those two tell people why they need to go and read them if they've not yeah, Con, Connor Chaplin interview is out this morning. That was um, talked to Connor a bit about the art of goal scoring and his knack of finding himself unmarked in the box. Um, so talked a li little bit about the kind of thinking and the technique behind that, winning the PFA League One Player of the Year award and following in the footsteps of a certain John Walk. Um, not quite in the same footsteps. John John's came uh, a little bit of a higher level. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, those two have, have had a little joke around that. And um, yeah, he's expecting his first baby to come along anytime soon. So a little, little bit of a chat around that. And um, the Vaz one I really enjoyed. That was a chance to sit down with him. Um, 
tragic story to, behind him. Um, I don't know if, if uh, Ipswich fans will be aware of this, but um, Vaz's best friend, his childhood friend, his best man at his wedding, uh, they grew up together, played for the same clubs. Um, yeah, tragically lost his life uh, in a in a minibus accident coming back from a game in Turkey uh, a few years ago. And if you have a little look at um, Vaz's gloves, he has the name um, of Joseph Sorrell on his gloves as a, as a reminder of his friend. Um, let's talk a li little bit about that and his, his roller coaster journey at Ipswich from signing under Cook, Walton coming in and replacing him, sitting on the bench. Um, tough times and it all and it all ultimately turning around under Kieran McKenna. Some uh, really good insight into how Kieran's kind of lifted the players, not only in the team, but the, the players like Vaz who are out the team as well. So um hope people enjoy that if they get a chance to give it a read. Yeah, really, really good read. Go and read that if you're not already. Um, Ross, have you got anything to tease? Have you got anything up your sleeve? Have you got a Tractor Girls talk or anything like that? Yeah, Tractor Girls talk will be out this week. Um, Blue, they've had, of course, had a free game week. So um, even though town men haven't um, have had international breaks, the women's team have had three games, two wins, one defeat. Um, but yeah, this week, joined by Natasha Thomas, you know, record goal scorer and all that sort of stuff. Um, she scored four goals in three games this week. So um, yeah, good chat. And uh, yeah, nice little catch up. And uh, yeah, check that out. It'll be out later in the week. What a goal she scored against NK, by the way. Mm. I saw I saw the clip of that on Twitter. Absolutely yeah. spectacular stuff from you, you say she's a legend. Is she a legend? She must be a legend. Yeah, she's town yeah record so goal cool. scorer. She's um Fantastic. 130 goals in 185 games, so uh, not a bad record. Wow. Superb. Okay, so she's gonna be on track to girls talk. AJ, you've done a September predictions piece, which is going out. 6am tomorrow morning where we look ahead to the, the month. So I hope you've marred up, your, you've matched up your prediction with what you've just said to the thing that you've written for tomorrow morning. Yeah, basically it's going to be a little bit of a tricky game, but I would hope the town have what they need in their locker to bounce back in that Sheffield Wednesday one, the biggest thing. And I feel like I've said it pretty much on every single pod since I've come in. The championship is brutal. And with the games just coming so often, we're going to start feeling it now. It's not even going to be just from kind of this player perspective in terms of needing to rotate and all that. Um, it's going to be a lot of miles for the fans as well. And everyone's going to be feeling it a little bit. Also, just not noted a certain someone crawling behind you there, Mark. Yeah. If, you, say if, hi. You, if, you're, if you're watching on video and you just saw my dog's ass just appear behind me, I do apologize. Um, he's, he's not got a lot of manners or indeed decorum. Uh, but fortunately, we're coming to the end of the show. So, yeah, go and read that. Uh, any other business, boys? It's been a bit of a, an epic show, 80 minutes. Mostly nonsense with a bit of football chat. I think that Twanza Bay's massive hands must be so good for board games and hungry, hungry hippos. <laughs> look at it again. <laughs> just look, look at how easy that must be for him. Just we need to, to... He could just put his hand over the board and it hit all four of them. We, we, need, we need more details on, on Axel's massive hands. Uh, if, if indeed they are a thing. Um, anyway, friends, as Benson starts to snore, we shall sign off. Just a reminder then, support our sponsors. I've already mentioned the music code carry at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery. If you want to look like Alex Jones, get yourself one of them beard hedger, beard trimmer things. Um, I won't go into the, the other things looking like other things. Um, Ginger, yeah, stop, stop pointing at your nudges, Ross. Uh, Ginger Pickle, if you want your SEO, your digital marketing, your Google ads, all that sort of stuff, get involved with them, Tony Southgate and the boys there. Leave us a five-star review, obviously on iTunes as well, and subscribe to wherever you get your, your podcast from because that means you get the latest straight into your feed, which is great and also helps lift us visibility-wise in the charts. Friends, we are back. We're up and running. Football starts again this weekend. We've had 
80 minutes of largely nonsense today. We've gone from Hladke to Hufflepuff to Hillsborough. That's where we'll be this weekend. Follow it with the boys. If you're not there, if you are going, enjoy the game. And we'll speak to you, friends, next time. slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.